0: Are you looking to advance your technology, develop your skills, work with our network of experts, and get top-notch mentorship? Applications are open for the UCSF Rosamond Rise. Through Rise, we identify promising entrepreneurs from groups that are underrepresented in health tech, such as women, people of color, and LGBTQ plus individuals. And we connect them with any number of leaders from our UCSF network and beyond. To apply, please visit institute.org slash programs slash RISE. Applications close on
1: February 9th.
0: One of the really big reasons that, that providers are burning out is, is not because, you know, they no longer find, it's not, it's not that they no longer want to care for their patients, it's that they don't have the right tools to actually focus on that. Uh, I think one really big lesson that we've learned from every single health system that we talk to is their care teams wish they had better tools to actually manage their patients and focus on the actual clinical parts of their care rather than all of the administrative work that happens on the fringes. So the really big thing that Memora does is we work closely with them and say, hey, at our core, what we are is a platform that allows you to much more intelligently and proactively deliver care to your patients. We are an actual care delivery system rather than Things like medical records, which at the end of the day are, are documentation systems, right? They're not care delivery systems.
2: And now from San Francisco and the UCSF Rosenman Institute, the Health Technology Podcast with your host Christine Winoto.
1: My guest today, Manaf Sepak, founded Memora in 2017, originally to help people remember to take their medication. But today, it has grown to so much more. Today, Memora's platform aims to make all complex care delivery systems simple, not just the one centered on medication. In addition to his work as a founder and CEO, Manaf has researched at MIT, Harvard, and the US Center for Disease Control. And in 2022, he was recognized in the Forbes 30 Under 30 list. Today, we discuss his meteoric rise company's ethos, and the lessons he'd like to pass on to other entrepreneurs. Here's our conversation. Well, welcome, Manav. Thanks for joining me today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on.
1: Are you based? Where are you based in?
0: So I actually split my time between San Francisco and New York and, and have places in, in both cities. and. I'm bi-coastal, technically. I have been in San Francisco for the past couple of weeks now, and I'm here right now. And then we'll be heading back to New York in in a couple of weeks.
1: Okay. Well, that's kind of a fun city to
0: be in. Um,
1: I thought we, like maybe you can uh, share with us about your background, your journey. You have quite an interesting start in your studying after when you're in college, and then your career that takes you to where you are today. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, So I, you know, come from a a family that has a lot of healthcare in it, a lot of extended family in healthcare. Um, You know, mom is a doctor, my sister's a doctor, and naturally gravitated a lot towards healthcare as an industry when I was going into school. For a really long time, thought I wanted to be a physician. And then Funnily enough, going into college, thought that I did not want to be a physician, thought I wanted to be an engineer, and, you know, started studying chemical engineering, very quickly realized that I didn't want to do that, and then uh, switched to, to pre-med, uh, trained as a scientist, so studied biochemistry, and briefly after Memora was a computational biologist, did a lot of work in cancer genetics for almost five years, and you know, thought a lot about building a a career in just kind of translational science. Uh, the work that I was doing was extremely interesting. I'm, you know, one of few people that feels as if they could actually do bench work and, and do wet lab for the rest of their lives. And I was very, very content in doing that. And around a similar time, ended up starting Memora primarily out of a lot of firsthand and secondhand challenges that we had seen around patient communication. The really big kind of instigator for doing that and for starting memora was that myself and my co-founder had a really close friend who went through a pretty, you know, severe chronic diagnosis. And it's one of those cases where you know you very kind of you very intimately see firsthand, you know, somebody who's tech savvy, has great access to care, you know, well-equipped to actually navigate a complex condition, still struggle quite a bit to do so. And, and it gives you this appreciation for the fact that a lot of the challenges that that our healthcare system has around care navigation and care coordination are, are systemic. They're not limited to certain populations. They're, they're challenges that every single person that goes through the U.S. healthcare system faces. And it sparked us to do a lot more discovery on on why it was so hard for care teams to manage patients after they leave the hospital and kind of settled on this underlying takeaway that healthcare naturally over the last 10, 15 years has, has very much evolved. And the one really big evolution that it's gone through is that it's starting to become a lot more decentralized and it's starting to You know, focus a lot more on meeting patients where they are, taking care of them outside of traditional care settings, having a lot more asynchronous touch points with them. And there's tons of reasons why that's happening. You know, the kind of onset of value-based care is a really big reason, general consumerism trends. There's a lot of new entrants in the space. And related to all of that, hospitals particularly are doing their best at keeping up with that trend and doing so for for the healthcare system's sickest patients and, frankly, just don't have the right infrastructure to do it. They don't have good infrastructure to manage and support their patients after they leave. It's an entirely new way of doing business for them. It's an entirely new set of technology that they need to put in place that they're struggling to adopt. It's the fact that you know a lot of digital health tools that they need are still being developed and, and are still very, very early in their life cycle. So... Memora was really built to, to kind of be that infrastructure, and it's now been you know a little over five years that we've been working on it.
1: So maybe before I jump into Memora, but it's a, that was interesting. Your work, you finished school in biochemistry. Your work, tend to, it was in the in the lab. And I assume there's not much uh, interaction with the patient. And what you know, you mentioned that you have a friend who went through a uh, uh, chronic condition. Walk me back to your times. Like, okay, I'm done. I don't want to do bench lab and this is an opportunity that I want to pursue. What
0: went through your head? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I think that, you know, everybody's a little different in the sense that some people very much appreciate and and exclusively care a lot about kind of the novel nature of the work that you may do in a lab. And the fact that at the end of the day, while that lab work may not actually translate into core patient care for quite some time, can have a really foundational impact on how certain diseases are treated. I think one really big realization for me personally was that I generally tend to be like a very tangible person. Like I tangibly need to see impact that I am having. And related to that, you know, the, the decision for me honestly, became very, very quantitative. It was, if I choose to do one of three things, I can choose to either train as a physician and go to medical school. And over my career and lifetime, have a panel of maybe like 20,000 patients, 30,000 patients, but have a really foundational impact on them. You know, impact maybe 80 to 90% of the trajectory of their health versus doing translational work and not having a lot of certainty around how that's actually going to translate into patient care and and actually come to life. Or third, I can work on something like Memora where you know, even if you're only impacting 10 to fifteen percent of the trajectory that you have on a patient's care and, and, and the trajectory of their health, if you do that at a really large scale, which is really only feasible to reach through something like a technology company, Um, or starting an entire care delivery organization, you can still do that for for millions of patients and have an outsized impact on how healthcare as a whole actually operates. Um, The second really big realization for me was the more time that you spend actually kind of in clinical settings and the more time that you spend with clinicians, you realize that at the end of the day, the therapies that we develop in labs are really only as good as the infrastructure we have to actually deliver those to patients and a lot of that infrastructure is sorely lacking especially for really high risk populations so memora is one of several companies that that are playing a role in, in rebuilding that infrastructure mm.
1: can you tell us uh, a bit more about what does memora health do and what the impact that is trying to achieve
0: yeah absolutely like I mentioned earlier, Memora is kind of building a lot of the underlying infrastructure to help healthcare organizations modernize how they actually manage their patients outside the walls of the hospital. So we go into healthcare settings. We partner with clinical teams and take a lot of the existing guidelines and guidance that they give to their patients. That'll include, you know, working with them and identifying how many touch points you want to have with your patients after they leave or after they've been newly diagnosed or after they're put on a new care plan. What data do you want to collect from them? What instructions do you want to make sure they know? What check-ins do you want to have with them? All of those manual steps that that care team takes on right now in helping that patient navigate a really complex journey, one, they don't have good resources to do. Second, almost all of the lift ends up being manual, and the care team takes on the cognitive burden of remembering every single one of those steps that they have to follow themselves Third, there's not good infrastructure for actually taking the inputs that the patient is giving you and seamlessly getting those back into the medical record. There's a really large documentation barrier there. So we change the entirety of that process and say, okay, around all these different complex patients that get discharged, there's set guidelines that care teams actually want them to follow. So we go into these organizations, partner with them on identifying what the journey should be, and then do two things. One is we create these end-to-end text-based journeys that proactively will guide patients through an entire care plan or through an entire episode. That includes what educational information will send them. It includes patient-reported outcome surveys, symptom screens, appointment reminders, medication reminders, satisfaction surveys, and, and everything in between. And it's kind of like a day-by-day day or week-by-week week, we're kind of holding their hand through that journey, right? That's one really big piece. And all of that happens entirely over text for the patient. The second really big piece is that we make those journeys interactive. So patients can actually text in questions, they can respond in open-ended text to questions and surveys that we're asking them. You know, we'll collect data from different medical devices that they have and integrate those into Memora's platform and synthesize the actual insight on what's happening with that patient. So we'll put them through these triage workflows. And actually identify, okay, at what particular point was this patient's blood pressure out of range? What's the particular reason that you know this patient that's feeling nauseous feels as if they actually need help with their care team? Have they tried these three steps? And if they have, how severe is their nausea? And then intelligently write that back into the medical record and escalate it to the care team. So with that, one, we're much more practically guiding that patient through the journey. But then second, making the process for a care team to have actionable insights on that population, much more tangible, right? Um, Most of the work that we'll do will be with pretty complex populations. So I would think of journeys that Memora has designed around call it like a newly diagnosed heart failure patient or a patient that's newly put on a chemotherapy regimen or a patient that, you know, just delivered a baby and is navigating their six week postpartum period, things like that, where there's a lot of, Instructions that a patient has to, to digest and understand in a very short period of time. And then second, there's a lot of resources that care teams throw at, at managing those particular patients. Um, most of the work ends up being in, in complex multidisciplinary patients. And as a result, we gravitate a lot towards partnering with, with large health systems. This podcast is
2: sponsored by brown Rutnik's Global Life Sciences Group a team of legal professionals that help life science companies, lenders, and investors around the world turn good science into good business. Learn more at brownrudnick.com. This podcast is also sponsored by Canon Quality Group. Canon Quality Group has been helping medtech startups set up quality management systems for over 10 years. If you're unsure when to get started with quality management in your startup, turn to the experts at canonqualitygroup.com.
1: So the health system pay for your service and what is the incentive for them to want to implement something like that into
0: their system that could be a big lift for them, right? Yeah, absolutely. So there's three really big reasons that that health systems have partnered with Memora. The first is around reducing the burden on their staff. All of these different steps, every single care team wishes they could do them. Every single care team wishes they could have more touch points with their patients. They could have better insight into how their patients are performing. They can have a much better you know, cadence of phone calls and much more of like a meaningful interaction with the patient when they actually do talk to them. So Memora is eliminating a lot of the kind of almost like underlying work that a care team has to do. What are all the non-clinical steps and touch points that you want to make sure a patient has? What are the things that don't require a clinical decision? or for you as a care team member to actually practice at the top of your license in managing this patient that you can put on autopilot or that you can make significantly easier for your patients that's the first piece is cutting down on the number of notifications they get and the amount of, of actual time required for every single patient that a care team is managing the second really big bucket is around much more proactively collecting data from these patients to understand who's at risk and identifying how to focus the care team's efforts at high risk portions of the population so that you can improve outcomes and improve quality scores. And then the third is around much more proactively guiding those patients through journeys that they're having. Every single patient that we've spent time with and and that we talk to wishes that they could have more touch points with their care teams and, and wish that they would get much more proactive guidance around what steps they need to follow and feel as if they actually have something that's constantly looking after them. And but more at its core does that. So improving patient experience scores, improving the likelihood of retaining a patient, improving, you know, the number of visits that a patient actually needs. In some cases, they need more visits, and in other cases, they need less visits. Um, and, and making that process a lot more quantitative. Those are usually the three really big drivers.
1: And so during the pandemic, especially, we hear a lot of uh, uh, provider burned out, the healthcare provider burnout in how is this going to help address that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the really big reasons that uh, providers are burning out is, is not because, you know, they no longer find, it's not it's not that they no longer want to care for their patients, it's that they don't have the right tools to actually focus on that. Uh, I think one really big lesson that we've learned from every single health system that we talk to is their care teams wish they had better tools to actually manage their patients And focus on the actual clinical parts of their care rather than all of the administrative work that happens on the fringes. So the really big thing that Memora does is we work closely with them and say, hey, at our core, what we are is a platform that allows you to much more intelligently and proactively deliver care to your patients. We are an actual care delivery system rather than things like medical records, which at the end of the day are are documentation systems, right? They're not care delivery systems. The second piece is that these care journeys are very much designed in a way to reduce the number of inbox messages that care teams end up getting. So there's some use cases where Memora's even eliminated almost 40% of inbox messages for a care team. Second is to optimize the time of clinicians. So only escalating concerns to a care team member that actually require the attention of a care team member, implementing much more intelligent routing of Every single time a message comes in right now, it goes to the care team. If a patient has a question about their bill, if a patient has a question about how to show up to an appointment, if the patient has a question about a symptom, it all goes to the same exact inbox. And the care team is responsible for playing the role of navigator and figuring out where it needs to go. But Mora does that automatically. So the care team is only seeing the questions that are actually top of license, which, which naturally contributes a lot to provider satisfaction. And then the third really big piece is making the information more actionable. There's a really big difference between logging into your inbox and seeing a patient say that they're feeling nauseous. And when they say that, in most cases, people, you know, if you're a care team member, respond to that message 24 hours later, patient responds another 24 hours later. And by the time you've actually addressed and understood what happened, that concern has passed. That patient has either figured it out, wasn't acute they've ended up in the urgent care, right? The way that Memorial changes that is patient texts in that they're feeling nauseous. We have an entire intelligent care journey that will follow up and ask them, okay, how long have you been feeling that way? Have you tried sitting down, turning your head left to right? Have you tried eating a banana? And if they say that they've already been through all those steps and they're still feeling nauseous, then escalating it and adding all that context so that when the care team comes in, it's actually meaningful information that they're looking at rather than, what is this one discrete data point in the context of thousands of pieces of information that I have access to that I have to now stitch together myself.
1: Mm -hmm. So do you think, I mean, just what you're describing, it sounded like, you know, I'm a Kaiser member. And when I call, I need to reach my doctor. They usually come, uh, send me to an advice nurse. It's almost like they're, they're triaging. And instead of using a human, you're doing a lot of that. It's more automated.
0: Right, exactly. It's automated in a sense of the things that actually require our care team's attention is when patients have concerns that they cannot address themselves or that they haven't followed the guidelines that they've already received, or there's actually a really complex decision that has to be made about their care plan. That is what is actually fulfilling that, actually realizing and seeing improvements that patients are making over time, deeply connecting with those patients, and We make it so that every single phone call that you end up having with your patient, it's not 10 minutes of data collection and then three minutes of actual interaction and engagement. It's a full 13 minutes of interaction and engagement because we've already done all the data collection for you up front.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So going back to when you first started, I mean, everybody was saying that when you first started with your idea, it kind of evolved. And can you share with us how that involvement, like when we first come up with the idea, when you, you think about this is, there's something that I want to solve the problem. And then you learn more and it's like, oh, maybe I should go different direction. Is there that moment in the, your life cycle with Memora Health so far?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, Memora is similar to, to every single startup. Yeah, has been through several different iterations of what we do. The very first version of Memora, which also ties into why the company is named Memora, very much focused on medication management. So the thing that we realized really early on is from interviewing physicians, one, every single population has to be managed in a slightly different way. Every single health system chooses to do things differently. Inside of those health systems, every single care team operates a little differently. So it's really hard to standardize and say, hey, we're going to build one system that works for every single care team and every single system, and they're going to use the same out-of-the-box solution. (laughs) Early on, one of the problems that we consistently heard from a lot of the physicians that we interviewed, so we spent the first year of Memora interviewing physicians without actually selling them on anything, and you know, ended up talking to nearly almost a thousand physicians, collected feedback on different challenges that they had. One thing that we consistently heard a lot was around medication management and medication adherence. And as a result, the very first like simple version of Memorial that we built was what if we just built a simple system that when a patient is supposed to take a medication, sends them a reminder to take that medication and a picture of the medication. And in some cases, instructions on how to take it. And, and see how it moves the needle and had a chance to pilot that with two health systems uh, Brigham and Women's Hospital up in Boston, and then Grady Memorial Hospital in Atlanta, which for those folks that are familiar with those systems, understand that, you know, they're, they're drastically different populations. Um, Grady is one of the largest public hospitals in the country and, and naturally serves a population that, you know, leans towards the, so- the lower end of the socioeconomic spectrum was very different from the types of patients that the Brigham deals with and the actual types of outcomes that we saw from both of those were pretty similar. So it was a good indicator of one the fact that navigating you know interactions with patients entirely over text message is powerful because it works across lots of diverse patient populations and is a very foundational. you don't download an app, you don't have to log into a portal. They're very used to it. You know ninety seven percent of text messages are read almost immediately when they get sent. Uh, and then the second thing was that you know we got feedback from those clinicians that was this is valuable for medications, but for our complex patients, there's a lot of additional steps that we need to follow as well. Like we need them to figure out what their pain level is. We need to figure out if they're tracking their blood sugar. We need to figure out if got they've gotten their labs done. So incrementally built out more and more components of a functionality. We expanded from medications to appointments and then to disease specific education and then pre-op instructions and slowly realized like, okay, at the end of the day, all of these different components, one, they're an exercise in messaging, being able to message and engage patients really effectively is the crux of how all of those different modules operate. And then second, You can distill them down into basically journeys that patients go through. And you realize that, you know, the way that medicine is practiced in all these different clinical areas is dramatically different, but at the same time, also very, very similar. The way that people are reminded around their medications is the same in lots of different clinical areas. The way that they're reminded around their appointments is the same. The way that they're guided on how to get their labs done is the same. Pre-op instructions are very similar for, for lots and lots of procedure types, so we basically converted Memora into an entire system for navigating entire care plans and entire care journeys, and then created these different modules inside of that, of which medication management is now one of, of tons of different modules that we've built out. And we have an entire layer that stitches all of that intelligently into an entire journey where it's, you know, very interactive for the patient. It almost is kind of emulating the experience of them talking to a person where. We send them a text that says, "Hey, I'm here to help you navigate the next several weeks of managing your condition. I'm working closely with your care team. Here's instructions that you need to follow. Things like that." Um, uh, related to that, "memora" as a name in Latin actually means to remember. So, the original, you know, the original reason that Memora was built was to help people remember to take their medications. We chose to name it Memora as a result of that, and that name is stuck ever since. It's mm-hmm. a good name. Thanks, yeah. Uh, it, Memora oftentimes gets mistaken for memorial when we're talking with health systems, but uh, there's truly only one Memora in in the country. So we're very, very unique in that sense.
1: Yeah, thanks for sharing that uh, reiteration. And then thinking about that journey along you kind of uh, reiteration, how do you bring along your investor? Because I think oftentimes the investor... When you first meet with them, it's like, "Oh, this is what I want to build," and it's like, oh, I was, "Oh, we want it to be bigger." And sometimes, like, "Well, we want to be focused." Like, how do you navigate that?
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Um, I think that you know, naturally, there's always this tension with uh, investors. Of at the end of the day, the investor's goal is to make sure that they're pushing you towards thinking about all the different directions that you can build in and making sure they're pushing you towards you know driving the business towards a really good outcome naturally that clashes a lot with building processes that are very repeatable and staying extremely extremely focused and making sure you're making sure you don't get distracted um, and both are are extremely well intentioned in in slightly different ways so there's this i feel balance that that every single company has to find of okay, what are the things that we actually should be investing in that our investors are pushing toward us towards spending a lot more time on versus where should we continue to stay focused on what we're doing right now because we know it's working? Uh, I can't say that every single company finds that. right. Naturally, a lot of companies don't, and they find a spark of, of where they should continue to invest, and then they don't focus on it and lose it. Uh, and there's other companies that do it exceptionally well, and then there's other companies that do it a little too well and don't take advantage of all the opportunity that they should. So I think the way that we think about it is almost like a a mentality that we've just adopted as founders, which is if we're going to ask our team to focus on something and our team to invest in something, we should at least at some point in time have tried to do it once ourselves right? so that we can get an appreciation for how hard it is. Naturally, Memora is larger now where that's not the case. right? There's so many processes that exist across Memora that myself and, and Kunal, who's my co-founder, haven't had a chance to do ourselves. And, and our team does a lot of the heavy lifting and is fortunately really, really exceptional at it. Uh, but early on, a lot of that was the mindset. When we think a lot about new markets and new products that we should be investing in that our investors push us towards, uh, Kunal and I still take that mindset. So it's okay if the push is for us to start spending more time with health plans and using a lot of Memora's tools to to partner with health plans around their care management initiatives. Then it's, okay, let's figure out what story we want to tell those health plans and figure out what it takes to sell the health plan ourselves and and do it at the leadership level before we just hire somebody to do it independently. Um, That's one piece. Uh, The second piece I think is just making sure that we have a lot of conviction. Uh, At the end of the day, Initiatives like that and navigating, you know, where your investors are pushing you towards or things that your investors are pushing you to work on. It all falls apart very quickly. If you feel like you don't have conviction and alignment. So transparency, I think has been super important. I think that we've, we've tried to do our best. We're not perfect at it, but we, we've tried to do our best at telling them like, Hey, yeah, we do believe that this is a good investment or we don't and giving them the rationale for that. Uh, and, and naturally there's cases where we agree and there's cases where we disagree. Um, but just making sure that you have the dialogue where hey, it's it's not like a hey I'm walking into a board meeting and our investors are telling us hey you're going to focus on these three particular things. I think that there are investors that do that and and generally they're not great partners for really high fast growth businesses. I think that we're really fortunate in the sense that we have really kind of supportive board members and and generally really supportive investors that have listen to us when we've given them feedback on this is why we should and should not invest in these areas.
1: That's great. Um, I know we are short on time and I just want to ask one last question. Um, knowing what you know now, what are what are the lessons learned through your journey that you remember the most that now becomes like, okay, it's so memorable? <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. I,
0: I mean, I think that there's there's tons of lessons learned for what it's worth. I feel like Especially now, as we've kind of gone through this this fast growth this fast growth stage of growing the team almost four x in the past twelve months, uh, having raised a little over fifty million dollars as a business, feels like every three months the role is, is dramatically different, um, and there's an entirely different set of learnings that come with that. If there's, I think, one consistent theme that I've learned throughout the past five years of working on memora there's three really big things one is to spend a lot of time listening and internalizing right that includes listening to customers it includes listening to other founders it includes listening to investors uh, it includes listening to advisors and realizing that you know none of them are going to have the perfect answer for you but if you collect feedback from as many people as you can you will have enough perspective to make a, an informed decision, and then you have to end up living with that decision. And it sounds like something that everybody does, right? But it's actually a lot harder to to put in place and to actually keep in structure for for a really long period of time. Um, I think that's one. The underlying theme for that one is that you know there's people who have built much larger companies than Memora is right now. There's people who have probably in every single case navigated a problem that we're going through and and it feels as if like you don't have to navigate every single problem from scratch or you don't have to feel as if you're recreating the wheel there's people who have done it before that's one i think the second really big lesson that that we've learned is to invest a lot in people Uh, at the end of the day if you want to build something that's enduring and that's as large as you know both memora is right now but even becomes a lot larger than than we are and grows a couple hundred people to a thousand people and even larger than that. The only thing that makes that work is hiring really, really talented people who are exceptional at what they do and making sure that you invest in them and give them the right resources to really excel. Um, a lot of the success of Memora, you know, disproportionately relies on them more so than it does just on the direction that that our leadership team will give them. And then the the third really big thing that we've learned is that, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, you have to be able to react really rapidly to, to changes that end up happening, right? Uh, that's true in the current kind of financial environment, but it's always true as an early stage company. Uh, you need to be able to internalize feedback or you need to be able to internalize decisions that you end up perceiving, whether that's a customer telling you that they're not going to buy you, whether it's losing a customer, whether it's not hiring the one candidate that you really wanted to hire and be able to course correct extremely, extremely quickly, uh, almost like having short-term memory. Mm-hmm. So learn the lesson from from making a particular mistake or learn the lesson from a decision that happens and course correct fast.
1: Well, thank you. Thanks for sharing all this uh, insight that you got with all of us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on as well. Great conversation. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another
2: episode of the Health Technology Podcast. We want to thank our executive producer, Herminio Neto, and our podcast engineer, Andrew Rojek. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. The Health Technology Podcast is available on all major platforms.